0: Welcome back to Kindly Gifted season four. I am so excited to have you along for the ride. No matter how it is that you tell your story, whether it's through your personality and influence or through your business and products, you have me in your pocket as your creative director on Speed Dial. Season four is filled with even more deep dives of how our favorite brands have built their success, how our favorite public figures and people of influence have built their personal brands, and also more insight from incredible guest experts to join me in having these powerful discussions. So thank you so much for continuing to tune in and supporting the show. And let's get into this episode, shall we? Thank you so much for taking this show to 16,000 plus streams in just a short period of time. I am forever grateful. Our next goal for Kindly Gifted is to dominate these motherfucking charts. And for that, I need your help. If you could do me a quick favor and click follow or subscribe on the platform that you're listening on and drop a quick rating of what you think of the show, that would greatly help us climb the charts because transparently speaking, that's the only way that we can do it. I need you to click follow, click subscribe, and again, drop a quick rating of what you think of the show and let's get us to number one. Thank you again so much and tune into the episode. I know you heard about the submersible. The one that went into the depths of the ocean's hell with five people on board, all of whom paid a quarter of a million dollars to go look at the Titanic ruins? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, when I first heard about the story, I heard it something, 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 OceanGate Gate was what I heard first. And my initial thought was, <laughs> that's a funny name, OceanGate. What a good name for a crisis. Yeah, no shit. Also, it's the name of the company that made the crisis. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This crisis that is now lost in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Oceangate. That's a great name. And then when I was hearing more about the story, I still really couldn't quite believe it because it sounded like a tale written by a 13-year-old for a creative writing class. Until I saw uh, footage from the news, the spokeswoman from the Pentagon, all actively losing their shit. You know how, like, governmental spokespeople or anybody in crisis management, they always look like they got it together. They'll use SAT words and all these big, 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 big words try to tell you what the hell is going on. And it all means, like, they don't know what's going on, actually. And everybody stay calm is really the message. In vernacular, at least. Right? But this woman was actively panicking actively okay and she's using big words and they're 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 stuttering and the big words also mean nothing right because at the end of the day they don't know where the hell this watercraft is at and then she reveals that there's multiple governmental agencies working on this huh all to rescue some billionaires and a dad that made this watercraft out of camping supplies And a couple construction pipes welded together, powered by a singular button, and an off-brand Logitech PlayStation-like controller. So much so that we cannot even call it a submarine, technically. Because according to the government, that would be incorrectly naming it because the manufacturing process forbids us from calling it a submarine. So we call it a watercraft or a submersible. Crazy. Crazy. You know, the craziest part of this entire situation is that you have imposter syndrome. That's the crazy part. Mm -hmm. That you have imposter syndrome. That I have imposter syndrome. Where was the imposter syndrome uh, within all of these fuckers that were on board the watercraft? Who learned nothing from our past mistakes and past learnings with the ocean? You know what the lesson is? Don't mess with the ocean. Leave it be. Not all of it needs to be discovered and explored, okay? Como se I leave it alone, Dora, all right? Because every single time somebody tries to go and explore the depths of hell, and go visit the Titanic and check out all the bad juju that's going on over there, guess what happens to them? They sink, they get lost, they drown, they die. Okay? And then there's always a second wave of people that are like, it's okay, I'm gonna go figure out what happened to Jerry. Tom dives into the ocean to go find Jerry. Guess what the fuck happens to Tom? Same goddamn thing that happened to Jerry. He Now they both did. Tom and Jerry both dead at the bottom of the ocean. In the Titanic ruins. And don't you dare tell me that there's somebody else waiting to go rescue them. No! Let, let them at this point. I know it's hard. Leave them be. mm Ocean Gate guy said, let's go build a watercraft and go down there. Check it out. What's the tea? Do these people not have anything else to do? I'm so confused. We have a whole ass environment to be saving. And you're building shit out of metal and plastic and bulleting it into the ocean. Now it's lost in there. What a big hunk of waste is down there. We've got enough waste in the ocean. We've got enough. Enough. Okay. And the people on board, quarter of a million dollars? You guys didn't even vet this guy? What in Christ's name? I would love to have that much disposable income to be like, who cares? <laughs> I'm flabbergasted, and you and I still have imposter syndrome amongst all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lularoe, that MLM that I think Hulu made a documentary about? Yeah, their whole business was run on Google spreadsheets. One of my employers did that too, by the way. They're not an MLM, as far as I know, but their entire business was run on Google Spreadsheets as well. Regardless, we still have imposter syndrome. And I think, you know, the common problem is that people, first of all, people think success is linear, which is, I think we've all discussed how it's not, right? But two... There is still this myth that like if you have a bunch of accolades and if you have a really like solid resume, it means you got there by like pure competence alone. No, they didn't, honey. I can 100% tell you that they didn't. They didn't get there with competence. They got there with confidence and audacity. That's how this watercraft was, was fueling. You know, when you press that button, guess, guess what's fueling that watercraft? Audacity and vibes. <laughs> That's it. And that's really the way that, like, you get into the rooms you want to get into. I'm not going to lie. I learned that very early on, mostly, most initially from my dad. Um, God rest his soul. But my mom told me this story about my dad. So my, my dad moved from Germany to the United States. With like very little belongings, very little money. The typical immigrant story we have heard, that was my dad. And he was an engineer and he started his own business here and um, he'd start, you know, getting clients. And he would be in the room with said clients, telling them that they need to hire him because he's the best. With like a straight face No blinking. And he started building rapport that way. Because how many people are confident confident enough to be like, I'm the best? And I remember thinking that was whack. My mom thinks that's crazy to this day. She's like, oh my God, who the fuck says that? But now I really admire it. Because my industry is very male-dominated. And I've seen that same attitude across the board more often than not with men than with women. Women tend to be the quieter ones in the room and more often than not typically operate silently. Like I like to call women kind of like if they're audacious, they'll be the silent assassin, you know, they make moves, but in silence. But men are very loud and very like audacious. They think they know everything and not that's generally speaking. Um, and they see fa- failure very differently. Um, I think there's a lot to be learned from that because I think when I speak to women collaborators or friends or people I'm working with, there's this, there's this nature that we like need to over-prepare for everything. And we need to like, everything has to be perfect because there are these, these expectations and look how successful everybody is. And you think they got successful based on experimentation? Yes. Yes, they got there with a couple things. Experimentation, trial and error, and the right connections. And that sounds really easy, but most people either A, don't know how to network, or B, don't want to experiment because they have a very negative relationship with experimentation, trial and error, and ultimately failure because they think they're going to fail before they even do anything. The amount of people I know, the specifically guys that are running businesses that they have no business running, and they're doing great. <laughs> they're wonderful. They're doing lovely. They're on track to make their, 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 the revenue that they projected to make. <laughs> they're on track. To doing, and it's literally because of two things. One, they firmly believe that they can. And two, if they don't know how to do something, they'll go ask their buddy to do it. They'll go find somebody to, to help. They don't have any problems. Whereas women tend, we tend to feel like we need to be like the Jills of all trades. But you can't do everything by yourself. You can't scale everything by yourself. And there's imposter syndrome even before that. Oh, I'm not good enough. You start reading all these press articles of like interviews of successful entrepreneurs. You start listening to their podcast episodes of how they built this and like, but then you start actually listen to it, actually listen to it. Everybody has a story that they've been media trained to give. But when you actually listen, sometimes people will literally say that like they just kind of experimented, they figured it out. Out of, like, female entrepreneurs that I've heard talk about this, one of the best interviews I've listened is Sophia Amoruso because she's very honest about the fact she know, didn't know what the fuck she was doing. And she was really good at just being like, you know what, this is going to work. It's going to work and it's going to be great. And that's on that. Alex Cooper, who built Call Her Daddy, which I do have an episode about, by the way. Another great example of this. But... Overall, I think the thing we can learn from this submersible thing, aside from the fact that, like, please, what the fuck, don't go into the ocean, um, is that if you are doubting yourself in any capacity, there is always somebody more confident than you succeeding. Notice I did not say competent. You may be more competent than them, but they have the confidence to go do whatever it is the fuck they want to do. And usually the confidence actually comes from not knowing enough. Sometimes when you know too much about something, you know all the uh, consequences. You know all the objections. You know everything that can happen with that thing. So taking action is a lot harder. But when you're less competent about something, but you're really confident in yourself, can be a lot easier. So I'm going to leave you with this thought from Jennifer Coolidge. That The next time you experience imposter syndrome, the next time you think you're not good enough, the next time you think your idea sucks, okay, go look at something that actually sucks. You think you're not a good engineer? Go go look at Ocean Gate. Okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, uh, you think you're not good with like Bitcoin or crypto or building a tech company. Go, go, go look at Sam Bankman-Fried, who's about to be in jail. Okay. Hmm. Or Elizabeth Holmes. Okay. Like, go look at something that sucks. (laughs) And it's okay to admit that it sucks. And it's okay to admit that you have a better idea, but having a better idea is not enough unless you actually go do it. Or if you're running a business, go look at LuLaRoe. Or any other MLM or direct sales business that has their people wrapped around their finger, convinced that they are somehow building their own businesses. Girl, bye. (laughs) So I think... Imposter syndrome isn't really about just your relationship with failure. It's it's a lot of how we process what success is and the thought because this is how people like to communicate it that like success is so strategic. No, people go into a lot of things not knowing what the hell to do, figure it out along the way, find the right people to help and then boom they scaled. That's like the very short end version. But look how much of that is not very actionable because the action plan is going to vary person per person. Building a brand is very similar. Marketing is very similar. A lot of it is experimentation. The strategy is being willing to experiment and figure things out along the way and knowing that you do have enough of the competence and tools within you to know what you're doing as an industry expert within your field or as a business person or that somebody who's really passionate about the thing that you're building. And let that continue to fuel as you experiment. Don't back down because it gets harder. Like if it gets harder, it means, okay, there, there's bigger challenges, which is great. It's something to figure out. When it's easy, it might actually be a bigger problem than if it's harder to do, to execute. So basically, there's really no point to have imposter syndrome. And I definitely know that I'll be listening back to my own words <laughs> when I have that feeling creeping back in. But I hope it was helpful to you, too. It's not the usual episode I may make on this show, but it does apply to building a brand and, and also, like, being a professional and being a business person and, like, succeeding in any sense, however you define that, in whatever industry you define that. So I hope this helped. If you're listening to this, it means you've reached the end. And I'm so grateful that you tuned in to another episode of Kindly Gifted. If you don't mind to give this show your honest rating and review, I'd greatly appreciate it. And click follow or subscribe to keep up with new episodes. If you want to chat about what you just heard in this episode, I'm all ears. You can find me on Instagram at Katarina Tarantiva or on TikTok with the same handle. And I'll link both of them in the show notes below. If you want to chat with me one-on-one or maybe get some accessible resources on how it is that you can create invigorating marketing for your brand or develop your personal presence online as a person of influence, check out my stand store. I'll also link that in the show notes and there's more goodies coming your way. So don't forget to bookmark the link as well. Anyways, that's my spiel and I'll see you in the next episode.